So in the first year, we went through reasons why Chadash would be Aser, even in Chutz Laaretz, even when we no longer have the Beis HaMikdash. So let's take a minute to explain what Chadash means, and then we'll get to some of the reasons why not everyone is Machmer. So once again, the Torah tells us Lechem. Lechem, we know from Gezer Shava, includes five types of grain, the primary grains that Chazal describe, wheat, barley, oats, spelt, and rye. So we have to have a different perspective now that we've learned the halachas of Chadash. These grains, one would assume, is typically kosher. Comes along the Torah, the Torah tells us, no, by default, the grains are asr. One is not allowed to eat from the grain, from the crop, until the oimer is brought in the Beis HaMikdash. The oimer is brought on Tezayin Nisan, which is the second day of Pesach. Pesach starts Tezvav Nisan, so the second day, as the Torah describes, the next day is Tezayin Nisan. So that would be Chalamad in Eretz Yisrael, and Chutz Aras, that's when we keep Yantav Sheni Shagalias. The Eimer was brought on that day. And when the Eimer is brought, all the crop, all the grain that's already existing in this world, we're going to learn that even if it merely had Hashrasha, it already took root prior to the second day of Pesach. The Shach holds it must have been planted at least 72 hours before Tezai and Nisan. So once the Eimer is brought, one is allowed to eat from that grain. But let's say this product was planted after Pesach, or even on Pesach, during the last few days, Chalamayd, you look at your calendar for that year, if that's when the crop was planted, one is not allowed to eat that produce until the next year. It's, it's called Chadash, and until the next year, one is not allowed to eat it. So hence the name Yashan. Yashan means it's last year's produce. Pesach has already passed. The Eimer has already been brought. That's why it's called Yash. Now, as that we don't bring the carbon Eimer, but as we saw last, last year, Torah says, and Chazal Darshan, the day itself, allows one to eat it. You don't have to actually bring the carbon Eimer. So, practically, you, depending on the crop rotation, the crop cycle in the country that you live in, you might have items that are definitely chadash. For example, oats, uh, spring wheat, barley are typically planted at the end of April, early May, and they will be chadash. The 2021 crop is automatically chadash. So when you, say, when you see oats that, are, that say yash on it, that means it's a year old. It's a 2020 crop. It's not a 2021 crop. So we left off the previous year with the following question. How could many cashers agencies certify oatmeal, oat milk, bread, cookie companies, knowing that it's not yashan? Isn't that a violation of chadash? What, is the, what are they relying on? So important to point out that cashers agencies, for the most part, do not paskin uh, a shiloh that's based on a dispute. If there's a machlekes, and many have a custom to do either way, so most cautious agencies, especially the national big ones, they'll say we're merely identifying it. For example, we'll give hashkacha on things that are not Chal of Yisrael, because many hold that one does not need to keep Chal of Yisrael in America. Or we'll give hashkacha on items that are not Pas Yisrael, and rely on Pas Pauter. Now there are parameters. Most agencies will not give hashkacha on non-glot meat, or, you know, 
cheese that wasn't produced the way halacha requires. And many Hasidish Hashkachas will say, I wouldn't give Hashkacha on non Chalav Yisrael either. How could you? Chalav Stam is Asr. So every agency has their, uh, you know, where they draw the line. Additionally, important to point out that companies that are Yashan doesn't necessarily mean that they're Machmir on it. It could be a old business decision that they want to be able to sell to all types of customers, yeshivas, camps, and if they know that it's Yashan across the board, then that could be their market differentiator. But either way, forget about the cautious agencies. On a very practical, basic level, you look around the world, many from Erlich Yidin are eating Chadash in Chutzlaretz. Some are Machmir, some will only eat in people's homes if they know that everything they use is Yashan. But for the most part, this is not something that is kept by Klai. So the question is why? We saw from the Shulchan Aruch, the Rif, Ramam Rush, the Mishnah in Kedushin, it seems very clear that we pass in B'chomosh Vesechem means wherever you live, and what would be a reason to not keep the prohibition of Chadash in Chutz So there are many a term, and we're going to see, due to the many a term, the easiest Mahalach is to be Machmer, obviously. But let's look at possible reasons why most of Klai Yisrael and Chutzlaretz are not Machmer. So let's start from the top. We, we said from the Rif, the Rif says, let me look at the Mishnah. The Mishnah has, the Mishnah Kedushan told us is Machlekes the Tanakama and Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer held Chadash applies even in Chutzlaretz. The Tanakama held not. So it's a classic Machlekes, but we have a Mishnah in Arla. The Mishnah in Arla explicitly says that the Chadash is, is Aser B'chol Makim. Chadash is Aser everywhere. So if I have an explicit mission that tells me Chadash is Aser everywhere, I don't need a... Uh, I don't need to figure out the Machlekes in Kedushin. I have an open Mishnah. It's called the Stam Mishnah in Arla that tells me Chadash is Aser. And therefore, those Rishanim and the Shulchan Aruch following after that said that's the Halacha. So it comes along the Taz in Reish Tali Gimel. The Taz says, hold on a second. We have other rules. Had a paskin. First of all, yachid v'rabim, halacha k'rabim. Rabbi Eliezer is a yachid. The Tanakhama is the chachamim. The chum is the rabim. That's the majority. The majority rules. So yachid v'rabim, halacha k'rabim. We should be making that chadash does not apply in chazlaretz. The second thing he says is that another rule we have is let's say you have a stam mishnah, an anonymous mishnah. And in a subsequent mishnah, the Mishnah brings it down as a machlekes. This is called stam v'acharkach machlekes. So we have to ask ourselves, if you have a stam, uh, a Mishnah that was said as if nobody argued, and then later on you bring a machlekes, obviously that second Mishnah is coming to add something, because if it wasn't teaching me a novelty, why even mention it? Why mention that there's a, there's a different opinion? So this is called stam v'acharkach machlekes. And typically we paskin like the one who's arguing on the Stam Mishnah. This is found in the Magan of Ram and Simon Tuff Petes as well. So the Taz says at least it should be a suffix, how we paskin. It shouldn't be so, uh, you know, definitive that we paskin like Rabbi Leazar. And therefore the Taz goes on to say an epic line. This is an epic Taz and we'll see why. The Taz says that since it's a Shas Chak, if you tell Yidin in Chuslaret in Europe that they cannot eat from Chadash, many of the people's parnasa was from beer and some type of oatmeal. And if you would tell them they can't eat, it would be Shasar Chak. So Shasar Chak, you could rely on a lenient opinion. On a lenient opinion, and you could rely on the Chachamim. 
So first of all, there are two reasons why this Taz is epic. Number one is that the Shach and many of the many of the Achronim in the Halachis of Klali Hapsak, they said we could only rely on a lenient opinion when it's a question of a Dirabanan. When it's a question of a Deraisa, hence Chadash uh, is a Shail of a Deraisa, you cannot rely on a lenient opinion. We have to be Machmer. Number two is that even those Achronim that say we could even do this uh, Lamdus on a Deraisa Shaila, that's only when you're relying on a lenient opinion found in the Rishayim. You have Machlekes, Rambam, and Rif, so you want to rely on the Rambam? Okay, but to rely on a Shita in the, Shita in the, in the uh, Mishnayis, Shita in the Gemara, we have a rule. Once the Gemara was closed, we don't start uh, working backwards and relying on lenient opinions. We have a Derech Hapsak, and the Rambam, Rif, and Rosh all are Machmir. So very difficult to rely on a Shita in the Gemara against those Rishayim. So, uh, one more, one more uh, reason to argue on the Taz. The Aruch HaShulchan says, first of all, the Rambam says, loik in a love. He's not saying it. He's not sure. He says, you get Malkus. So that's a definitive psaq that he paskins like Rebbe Leezer. And the, and the language of other Rishonim is a din vaday. And, he, and the Aruch HaShulchan says one, one more point. You want to ignore the Mishnah in Arla. You can't ignore the Mishnah in Arla. Why? The Mishnah in Arla, if you look at it, the Mishnah there is, has a line-by-line line item of things that are mutter, things that are asr. It's what we would call a Kitzah Shulchanarach type of, type of Mishnah. It lists off ten different halachas. So that's an authoritative Mishnah. It's telling us that everyone agrees to these ten things. Versus a, a random Mishnah, which happens to mention something, you could say, okay, we're not sure the, uh, the conclusion. Here it's a clear authoritative Mishnah, and Aruch HaShulchan says, we cannot rely on this task. So it comes out that when we think of, you know, different Eterim, this heter of the Taz is on extremely weak footing, and most of the you know, leave it as a footnote in Halacha, but we do not rely on this, and that would not be a uh, strong reason to allow one to consume Chadash. So what would be another possible heter? So the Mishnah Menachis, the Mishnah there is describing the various Karbanes HaTzibor and the Karbanes Yachid, where they have to come from. So there are two types of Karbanes. You have your animal Karbanes, your, uh, your lambs, your Kvasim, your uh, Izim. We don't really care where they come from. But when it comes to the plant-based Karbanes, the question is where do they have to have been grown? You bring Menachis, there's different Karbanes. So the Mishnah says, that all karbanes atzibar could come from plants in Eretz Yisrael or from chutz la'aretz, come from new ones, old ones, chutz mina oimer u'shtei except for the oimer and except for the shtei ha'lechem. The oimer has to be brought from produce that was grown in Eretz Yisrael. So comes along the Shagas Aryeh, and again, this is found in earlier sources as well, but the Shagas Aryeh says that l'chaira, that Mishnah that tells me that the oimer could only be brought from, from produce that grew in Eretz Yisrael, the logical conclusion would be is because the Isir of Chadash, once again, the Oimer allows one to eat Chadash. So it must be that 
the carbon is going to come from produce that is usher and now is mutter. So when you tell me that I can only bring the oimer from produce that was grown in Eretz Yisrael, that gives me this indication that only produce in Eretz Yisrael has the Isr Chadash. Because if the Isr Chadash applied throughout the world, why can I not bring a carbon oimer from produce grown in Europe, produce grown in Eretz Yisrael? Why is that crop not eligible for a carbon? And L'chaira, we should bring a raya from here that Chadash is mutter in Chutzlaretz. Now we have a Mishnah in Menachis that goes against the Mishnah in Arla. So there is a uh, steer on the Rambam, which is going to throw us off this logic, but we are out of time. And we're going to get to this in the next, in the, next, in, in the subsequent year. We're going to talk about, is this a strong connection that the the fact that the carbon cannot be brought from chutzlaretz, does that show me that chadash does not apply in chutzlaretz? If it is true, this would be a massive heter. This would be a mishnah that implies that there is no isr chadash in chutzlaretz, at least on a derisive level. So, Mr. Shem, to be continued.